Well, hello, everybody. This is Vic Moore. Once again, I haven't had an opportunity yesterday morning, Thursday morning, to speak with Doug uh, real briefly and get details on exactly what happened on Monday morning when the house fire took place. So here is the recording that I was able to put together with Doug over the phone. So on Monday morning, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I usually get up at 5.30 so I can get to dialysis by uh, 6.45. And on Monday, I got up at 5 o'clock. So I got up 30 minutes early, which is common for me. I got up a little early and went in and took my shower. I began to smell a weird smell. I wasn't sure what it was. When I got out of the shower, I thought, that smells like it's something electric. Immediately started walking through the house. And I walked in each room and I checked the wires. And uh, I could keep smelling the smell. So I knew there was something, that it was a real smell. It wasn't in my head. I couldn't tell where it was coming from. And then I... After looking through the top floor, I decided to wake Kelly up because I was a little, uh, I thought, she needs to help me. There's something real going on here. So I woke her up and said, I'm smelling something burning. And when I opened the bedroom door, at that point, uh, smoke started billowing out of the bedroom door. And so Kelly starts running through the house looking and opening windows, which, of course, we have since learned that that probably made it burn faster. <laughs> yeah. She didn't realize it, and I wouldn't have either. Down in the basement to see if I could find anything, and the power didn't work down there. Then I knew we had a real problem. Something was mm. going on and the power was out. And uh, while I was in the basement, two fire alarms went off. And then suddenly mm. smoke filled the basement. And I didn't realize how close to danger I was. But I did know that we got to get out of the house. So I ran upstairs and said, we got to get out as fast as we can. So I had on uh, just clothes for dialysis and my house shoes. And I grabbed my uh, phone and iPad. Oh, and I got my wallet. But I didn't get anything else. Little uh, park bench sitting on the front porch. So we carried that bench out into the yard. And then Kelly said, well, she called 911. Then she said, we might ought to uh, pull the car out, you know, so that you could go on to dialysis. So we went down to the basement, and the garage door was up, which I guess is what the fire caused. And the garage was in flames. And we're still not sure the source of those flames. I thought they were coming from the heat and air, or they could have been coming from a light, or maybe the hot water heater, I don't know, but the garage was in flames, and I realized it was too dangerous to go into the, pull the car out. That's when we moved the chair back to the street. Kelly ended up calling 911 three different times, and we waited for him at at the street, and that, from the time she first called them to the time they got there, was probably 10 to 15 minutes at most. But when they got there, it was obvious the whole house was going to burn down. So the first 911 call, was it to a person, or you just couldn't get through? Well, that's a good good question. You know, she was trying to call with the house phone, you know, not realizing that uh, as the fire burned, the power of everything was coming, you know, going right. out. So, so then, she, then she used the mobile, 
right? Yeah, so then she went with the cell phone. Right. Yeah, well, that's probably why it wasn't getting, the signal was not, you know, connecting. Yeah. So after you guys are at the street watching this, this terrible fire just consume everything, and you're probably holding each other, and, and you're you're looking past memories like you, you you wrote on your Facebook page, all the the memories of the house. What was your first thought? Well, <laughs> this sounds funny, but it is true that my first thought was being thankful for having that house. It, mm-hmm. Kelly and I had a habit of uh, when we pulled into the driveway every time we we just say, "Well, what a." What a beautiful house. We're thankful that it was a gift to us. I mean, obviously, we worked and paid for it, but the Lord, you know, we always just offer thanks because it was a, a good house, good place for people to uh, visit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do movie nights and, or to spend the night or whatever. So, And a lot of people have been asking me about the rebuilding plans or uh, any kind of insurance helping out have you had time to process that uh, what's going on there on monday both of us got a call from two different insurance uh i don't know what they're called they're not agents the ones who help process a claim i guess maybe claims agents so they, they there are three different agents assigned to our house one is dealing with the house, one is dealing with her car, and one is dealing with my car. Okay. So we were interviewed by uh, the agents on tape uh, about the cars, and then on Tuesday we talked to two investigators from the insurance company about the fire. We talked to them in person at the house. Mm-hmm. And and then they told us they will finish their investigation, and then the Blunt County Fire will do their investigation, and all of this hopefully will be wrapped up by the end of next week. And so, but they did tell us it usually takes 30 days to for them to you know come out with their uh, findings, and the overall investigation of the fire will have an impact on, you know, the claims for both both cars and for the house. What the firemen told us was, or the investigators, they try to determine if anything, first, what the source of the fire was, and if anything related to the fire was under recall. You know? Oh. Okay. Uh, was the heat and air system, was the light system, was the hot water heater, was one of the cars, any of them? have a recall or have a known history of problems mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what they're looking for they're looking for that too okay they're trying to pinpoint exactly what is the cause being car and house both they need to determine that i get that yeah and that's the 30-day yeah. wait it'll probably take that long for them to make a thorough investigation there's only the, the, the blunt county will do their own investigation but as far as the insurance goes they said they will investigate until they think they find the source or until the insurance company says, you've done enough, we don't want to spend any more on the investigation. Because <laughs> they right. said it so, could get expensive. It looks like three avenues of reimbursement with three 
uh, incident yeah. separately under this umbrella. Okay, now let's shift gears just a little bit, Doug. I want to talk to you. You, you mentioned to me you're preparing a sermon Sunday. And yeah. I, I'm just amazed. I mean, most people would not be thinking about a sermon pre- preparation and, and with this behind them already, so fresh. So speak to that just a little bit for everyone. Really, I mean, you're you're being calm about this. You're seeing this through. What is it between you and your relationship with your creator, God, the materialism that a lot of people are probably in shock, you know, be running around, ah, put it out, put it out. Speak to that a little bit. What's important in life? <laughs> well, the first thing I would say, is, you know, it's uh, maybe I don't have a good answer. Uh, I do feel completely calm. You know, you know how things over time might affect me, but because as you remember things you've lost, uh, all my journals and stuff like that. But I think uh, part of it has to do with uh, I, I, one of the maybe the reason I'm doing a sermon is to help me think through it. You know, right? Make notes in my own mind about what 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 is going on. Uh, in the past, when I didn't have an opportunity to speak, I would write about it. I would sit and think about something, and you know, so I'm processing it. That's the way I process things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think part of it is uh, what, what I. The first thing I thought of was the habit of just sm- small or minor uh, added, you know, gratitude. The, the habit of regularly, you know, you know how my father was. So I grew mm-hmm. up with a dad who was. Always thankful, very thankful for things, very, very generous with his time and money. But he always was grateful. Uh, when he prayed, he always prayed long prayers, which would exhaust me. Uh, thanking the Lord for all the different things, thanking him for everybody sitting at the table and all this kind of stuff. So that habit, I don't pray those long prayers, but I do. He, he did instill in me that habit of. Uh, gratitude as as i <laughs> as i was thinking about it and this is probably common for a lot of dads he wanted us to become thankful children and uh you know if we were on vacation and we were complaining he would do the classic slam on the brakes of the car and say <laughs> i paid good money for this vacation and you're going to enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> so that was a classic glue line and uh but he also would say things like uh, you're complaining but, you know, the people, uh, you know, some people in the world are starving to death. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're not grateful at all. So, mm-hmm. ha- however he instilled it in us, he instilled in us the importance of uh, being thankful, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what you have or don't have. And it really has carried me through, obviously, a lifetime of kidney disease and uh, health problems. And, mm-hmm. and so that's probably one reason that this didn't overwhelm us. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's a big loss because we're still trying to process the fact that we lost everything that we ever owned. Yeah. But uh, the, the strangest thing, and, and this, this sounds terrible, but uh, in addition to this sense of calm and maybe hope, uh, is a sense of humor. We both have had a lot of laughs this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know some people who don't know you well might think, um, They've gone over the deep end on this. They're laughing in the face of this major disaster. But no, when you think about it, from your perspective and Kelly's both, 
I mentioned earlier in the first podcast, you guys are bigger picture thinkers, and you are visionaries, and you know the important things, and that's wonderful. But look, I don't want to take too much time this morning. I've only got a million things to do. I just want to get some of this down for the listeners, people who are praying for you, donating for you. I think they've already met the goal now, that $50,000 mark by now. I've been checked Uh-oh. it in a little bit. And wow. plus all the other donations. We love you guys. We want to shower you with this material thing we can do to get your material thing back, you know. Because it is not a big deal to you. But still, you got to have a place to live, you know. Um, yeah. We love you. And I'll talk to you more about this later as the week and month progress. I do want to talk about the book project I have, an idea oh, yeah, to yeah. replace those books. And yeah. give everybody an opportunity there. Um, anything else you want to say real briefly before you get back to what you're doing here this morning? Okay, I'll tell one more thing. I'll tell the one funny thing. Okay. So Kelly and I always had a uh, brush pile because, you know, we have big lots, uh, wooded lots and trees and stuff, so we're always having to burn brush. So we had a, a brush pile in the back. And so we always had a habit. <laughs> if somebody didn't like something, like if, say, she brought home some food, I didn't like it, she said, well, just throw it on the burn pile. <laughs> Which, of course, would make me laugh. And then uh, we got in the habit of saying it about everything, you know. You don't like that new shirt? You throw it on the burn pile. <laughs> and and then, uh, I don't know, somebody gave us something we didn't like it, you know. Well, you know where this is going, the burn pile. <laughs> and so <laughs> on Monday night, she said, well, you need to text your siblings and say, well, we just threw it all on the burn pile. <laughs> That that's funny, and I have to tell you real quickly what came into my mind yesterday. I'm thinking, you know, you got your iPad, your phones, and I'm thinking to myself, God must be grinning and saying, "I wish those things would have gone up too." Exactly. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> Think about Steve Jobs keeping it from his family, blah blah blah, and and the damage they can do, and how they're taking over our lives. Throw them on the burn pile. Anyway, that's true. <laughs> But I'm glad you kept them so we can communicate. And I'm going to let you get back to what you're doing with this vehicle of expression, this phone. Thank you, uh, Doug, for doing this quick little podcast update for our listeners. And we are all at your disposal. You just let any of us know what you need. Hey, thank you so much. That's awesome. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Our hearts and thoughts go out to Doug and Kelly during this difficult time. Again, if you'd like to donate, there are several avenues that'll be provided in the show links the paypal uh, link also venmo directly to doug and kelly and the ongoing gofundme account that has uh, surpassed its goal big time so just pick your platform how you would like to help doug and kelly during this difficult time we'll be giving you more updates as we can get them thanks for tuning in to the big blue podcast special edition of doug's fire